Hey y'all, welcome back. This is Jeff. Um, We had such a fun time recording this episode and uh, we had a conversation around the question, what is worship? And we're excited to let you in on that. Um, I apologize, my audio does not sound the best. We had to do this one on the go, Um, but it was so good that we couldn't re-record it. Uh, We want to be as authentic as possible. And so I hope you enjoy this question. What is worship? Hey everybody, welcome to the 420 Podcast. My name is Clay and Jeff and Matt are here. I think we're going to rename this to the uh, Sleep Deprived Dads Podcast because we are recording this at 8 a.m. I think, Jeff, you said you went to bed at 3 a.m. You have a one week old. Yeah, 2.33. 2.33, yep, and it's 8 a.m. right now. And then Matt, you have how old? Three month old. Three month old, yep. So the good old three month sleep regression. And so I have a, I have a one year old, so I only got a, had to get up twice in the middle of the night or once last night. So I was selected to host here because I had the most sleep right. and yeah, exactly. <laughs> How are you guys this morning? Doing great, bro. Excited. Good. I'd like to thank our sponsor, new balance, um, <laughs> dad, dad shoes, uh, call now and use the code 420 for half off of fresh new white new balances for your lawn mowing pleasure. And and I will say, I know that I'm maturing as a man when the other day for fun, I was watching lawn fertilizer and seed um, reseeding strategies for a healthier, greener lawn. And can I, can I, can I, can I just say, man, I was, I was fired up. I was fired up. So I'm, I'm everyone I'm growing. I'm maturing as a man. I thoroughly enjoy subtitles now on my TV shows as well. So big things are happening in my life. Always, always subtitles, always Netflix. We always use subtitles now. Jeff, are you subtitles? No, absolutely not. Unbelievable. (laughs) One day you'll mature enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 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 Oh man. All right. Well, this morning we're going to be uh, talking about worship and we've really begun to uh, prioritize gathering for the presence of God, gathering for worship in uh, the times that we get together. We've tried out a lot of different kind of priorities in, in the way that we we do things in our gatherings and what we're building our lives around. And uh, we've really come back to this place of being uh, priests before the Lord and prioritizing ministering to Jesus. And simply by ministering to Jesus, we are talking about uh, positioning our hearts in a way to uh, come before the Lord and offer him something kind of like the, the priests would offer animal sacrifices in the Old Testament. Uh, there's multiple places in the New Testament um, and even prophecies of the Old Testament is that we would be a kingdom of priests and that it wouldn't just be the Levites uh, anymore. It's now every believer, every follower of Jesus has personal access to God. And then I, I always think of priests as being the go-betweens between God and man. And now all of us have this this priestly calling to minister to the Lord. And so we've been learning a lot of, of what that means. And so when we talk about worship, uh, we kind of use that interchangeably with uh, ministering to the Lord, but I really appreciate the term ministering to the Lord because it it really defines it from the beginning is that we are here to bless the Lord. We are here to give him something. We're here to uh, make him the priority. And uh, we're here to not just be here to receive something. And so um, for you guys, uh, why do we make ministering to Jesus the main priority of our gatherings? Matt, you want to jump into that? 
Yeah. Um, so why we make ministering to Jesus the main priority is um, mainly just 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 pure and simple, simply because he's worth it. And, and we want him to receive the reward of his suffering. Um, and so a, a, the most simple and straightforward answer is just because um, we believe that Jesus is worth it. He is, he is our highest prize. He is our highest call. He, he actually has um, a heart that can be affected. He's an actual real person um, that has real emotions. He, he feels he discerns, he senses. And if we as his bride have the capacity like to actually move and affect those things of him, um, then we believe that it's, it's our highest call to interact with him in that way. And, and we believe that that just, that, that starts by, um, specifically positioning ourselves at his feet, um, to, to pour out, um, our affection, our attention, um, position ourselves before him in adoration. Um, so ultimately we are just saying, Jesus, you are worth it. Um, you are worth a sacrifice of our time. You are worth a sacrifice of our praise. Um, receive what it is that you're worth. Um, you, you suffered and died so that the veil could be torn so that we could have direct access. So we are here because you're worth it. You made a way. Um, and we want you to be satisfied fully. Um, you, we want your jealousy to be satisfied. So um, that's probably the most, the most straightforward, straightforward answer. I could say we, we, we kind of had our own individual process as to how we've actually arrived at this as a team, which that's a very fun and cool testimony in and of itself. But, but ultimately, that's what I would say. That, that's the most straightforward answer I feel like I could give. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I would say twofold. Number one, it pleases it pleases the Lord. I think of uh, what Mary, the story of Mary and Martha, where Martha's in the kitchen preparing her her home. Yes. Uh, everyone's sitting around the table with Jesus, um, and I feel like everyone around the table had an agenda with Jesus, and mm-hmm. uh, Mary got it right, where she um, she gave Jesus something that cost her greatly, and she poured out was a perfume. Yeah. On his feet. And she wiped his feet with her hair and, and tears. And and Jesus wasn't impressed with, he was not impressed with Martha. He was not impressed with anyone at the table, but he was impressed with that. And it, I think ministry to Jesus, uh, when it's pure and in spirit and truth, actually it pleases him and blesses him. And that's, that's, that's our priority is we want to, we want to please him and bless him. Um, not to make it a workspace thing either. Um, we come from a place of rest. And then the second thing is, I, I really do think that it, it sets up the government of heaven on earth when you make Jesus the priority. And, uh, you know, King, we've talked about this a lot, but King David uh, got it right when he set up 24-7 worship um, ministry to the Lord in, in, in the nation of uh, Israel. And then because uh, the presence of God was the priority and ministering to him was the priority, everything in every sphere of of culture influence whatever you want to call it um was thrived because the government of heaven was set up jesus was on his rightful throne in the midst of his people i mean the bible says he's enthroned on the praises of his people and so um i found that like if we make anything else the priority whether it's even good things like ministering to people or um you know influencing our city with the gospel or even evangelism. I mean, I, I 
I lean towards evangelism. But if we make any of those things a priority over his presence and ministering to him, I think we've made the fruit the priority rather than the main thing the priority. And if we make Jesus the priority, then the fruit will come natural because we're abiding. So. Yeah. And and even if you look in in the in the in the word of God. <laughs> 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 if you look in the word of God, Luke 10. So if, if, you, if, if you, I'm not even Southern. I don't even think that's Southern Baptist. I don't even know what that was. Really, really bad Pentecostal. If you look in Luke 10, it's interesting that Jesus even says that, gosh, now I can't focus. <laughs> focus. If you look in Luke 10, Jesus even says that, that Mary has chosen the better thing. So like what Jeff is even saying about the, the postures between Mary and Martha, and it's been said, I, I wish I was the original person that said this, but it was, it was told to me one time that Martha was preparing a meal for Jesus that Jesus never ordered. And she was trying to capture the attention of Jesus um, through service alone. That wasn't what the Lord's heart desired. What did the Lord's heart desire? a sacrifice poured out upon the Lord himself that brought two individuals, Jesus and Mary, into a receiving and reciprocating exchange of love. And so when we're talking about ministering to the Lord, it's I'm going to receive love from Jesus to then reciprocate it back to his feet. And, yeah. and, and, it, and it becomes this beautiful exchange um, and Jesus even says that, hey, Mary has chosen the better thing. So, so, and, and, and it even says that this will be remembered for all of eternity. So there's, that's a pretty huge statement for, for the King of Kings to say that the posture that Mary took will be remembered alongside the message of the gospel for all eternity. So, so it's a pretty powerful thing. It's wild, wild, wild. Yeah. I always, I always love that of, Martha was making Jesus a sandwich that he didn't ask for, but that it was, <laughs> yeah. but just thinking about even, even the motivation behind it of in Middle Eastern culture, even culture today, if somebody comes over to your house, there's like a social expectation that you would host. And so I could easily see myself yeah. just falling into like the, okay, I have yeah. to make sure everything's okay. Like I have to make sure that people are served. I have to meet all these obligations. I have to do all of this. And yet Jesus was just saying, Hey, like when I'm hungry, I'll let you know. <laughs> like if you're that's sitting a, at my, that's feet. an interesting thing. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting thing. Like, like we're not trying to, I think people get caught up in their own culture. Um, like in the West, like American Christianity, like, most of the time we think service pleases God. Like, you know, where can I serve? How can I do, you know, it's achievement driven, but like we're trying to tap into like, what's the culture of heaven mm. and like, what's it mean to be a citizen of heaven and an ambassador for Christ and like what pleases God from, from his culture, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Abs yeah, absolutely. I love how, um, when we went to upper room Mufa and we mentioned him in the last podcast, he's just been really influential to us. He just yes. said, minister, minister to the Lord and he'll take care of the rest. And I was even looking at notes of just talking about how he was giving us advice of not even to make five, 10 year plans, uh, just to minister to the Lord and then let the Lord highlight. And that's just been the model of, of the way that we do things. And if we're just quoting upper room, Michael Miller has a quote that just says, serving God is not the primary way that we love God. And that's been super impactful for me of thinking about even in a 
like in a marriage relationship, like I do lots of stuff to serve my wife. I, you know, I'll take care of Millie, our baby. I'll do the dishes in the morning. I'll do, you know, I'll go down the line and that's a great way to love her. But the primary way that she feels loved is by spending time with her mm. of, I do all these things to serve her. But when we get together and we have a date night, I don't say, Hey, for the date night tonight, let's go. I'm going to go do the dishes for you. Like, that's not the way it is. We actually spend time together. We talk together. We connect our hearts together. And yes. that's the primary way that, that we love each other is that connection. And then of course, like we serve out of that place, but we can never replace intimacy with service. Yeah. I'm learning a lot in my marriage and I, th- <laughs> I think it's the opposite for my <laughs> She likes what I serve her and I need to do I need to do better with that. So I'm learning, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well you're on baby number three, man. Your world is totally different, but oh, yes. <laughs> I'm trying. Got it. Hey, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, um, just as we've been kind of in this journey the last couple of years of learning to prioritize ministering to the Lord and letting everything else flow out of it, uh, I think even our um, our vision or kind of our main purpose statement is uh, ministering to the Lord and then living out the gospel every day. And we want to create a culture and people that that do that, the both and. Uh, and even Matt, I've heard. Uh, you've told us that people have asked you, like, how are those related? Like, how does ministering to the Lord relate to living out the gospel every day or making disciples? Um, could you speak to that? Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting. There was a couple months ago, um, and we we believe wholeheartedly as individuals and as a ministry in in, in the practical process of the discipleship of new believers. Um, like that, that, I mean, that's just, that's something that we're all passionate about. And um, Jeff and I were, were, were hosting a new believers group that used to meet on Wednesday nights. And it was really interesting. There, there was a night of where we're at Jeff's house. Um, like at this point, like all the new believers had left <clears throat> and, and we were just talking about it and we were like, dude, did you realize, um, they just started sharing testimonies tonight about how they're leading their Uber drivers to Jesus they are on job sites and they're sharing the gospel with people and they're coming to Jesus or miracles are happening or, or just whatever they're reaching out to old friends and they're just sharing the gospel with them. And, and we were just like, we, we haven't taught them on, on evangelism. Like we we've maybe mentioned it like, Hey, take a risk this week. Hey, step out. But it's like probably 90 90 to 95% of the time we were talking to them about what it means to just be a student of the presence, to, to have a lifestyle that ministers to the Lord, like literally just being a student of the presence. And, um, and I think that when, when we actually, it goes back to what Jeff shared at the beginning and what we, what we've, what we were already talking about, but it's that, um, when we prioritize the main thing of ministering to the Lord, um, I, that's, that's what I actually like to just call like, like the overflow principle, like, like what activates overflow in my life. And this, and this might be specific for other people, but I've, I found uniquely for me when I have a lifestyle that is focused on the overflow reality, which would mean ministering to the Lord for me, the overflow of that is the expansion of the kingdom. Um, stepping out, like, like, like pre, pre, pre preach the gospel. Um, stepping out, share it like like power evangelism. Um, all of those things are, are are the overflow that are attached 
from, from ministering to the Lord. And a lot of times, um, I, I don't even, I don't even necessarily want to say that they're, that they're separate. It's just, there, there's something that happens when our, when our primary ministry is, is ministering to the Lord. And then things that are just, that we try to do on purpose, evangelism, service, outreach, whatever label you want to put on it, it actually ends up happening almost what seems to be on accident. And it's not actually on accident. It's actually just out of this place of confident rest because your heart is so satisfied by meeting its first purpose and first standard, which is the posture of Mary on my feet before Jesus ministering to him. I think I can add a little bit more, more clarity to that, Matt, too, is like, um, um, like Romans five, five says the love of God is, is poured into our hearts through the Holy spirit. And if we're not taking time one-on-one in the secret place with the Lord himself, uh, letting him pour out his love into our hearts, then like, that's, that's when, that's when you get full and satisfied from the Lord. That's when you go into a place of overflow where he's, he's cause he's never stopped pouring. It's just, sometimes we step out of the flow. And so, if, if we're not getting filled up by the Lord himself, we'll be in a, in a place of lack. And like, I've found that when, when I'm in a place of lack and I'm, and I'm sharing the gospel with someone, instead of me having something to give away, I actually, if I'm not full and satisfied by the Lord himself, I will actually need a salvation or need a miracle or need a testimony to affirm my identity or it's very good. Uh, validate who I am because I'm not full and satisfied by the Lord. And so I think it's a dangerous place when we're not cultivating a one-on-one relationship with Jesus to where we have, you know, if we're in lack, we have to acquire something from someone to fill us up. But if we're in overflow, that's when we actually can give away the love of Jesus because I don't need a salvation. I don't need a testimony to validate who I am. I know who I am because of, because of him. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Love it, man. It's like worship or prioritizing ministering the Lord. It just, it aligns priorities. It aligns identity. It it aligns motives. It's almost like the purifying fire that everything else flows out of. I love that. I love it. I love it. You know, I was listening to um, a a podcast recently uh, by Nathan Finocchio. He was a, he was a Hillsong pastor. He might still be i'm not sure but he was talking about how the first uh the first recording of pastoral burnout in the new testament was the uh the apostles when they were too focused trying to it says serve tables but essentially in um in act six it was talking about how they're trying to feed all of these people and they finally just said whoa whoa, whoa, like let's just hire people to do this because it's important but that way we can focus ourselves on prayer and preaching the gospel. And for me, that's been so, um, I think, powerful for me of talking about how leadership, even in church leadership, their priority was on prayer, which worship is involved in that. Worship really is prayer, um, the back and forth exchange of relationship between us and the Lord. And then out of that, the overflow of, of preaching the gospel. And uh, I'd never seen that as a place of like, man, like that has to be the foundation that has to be the headship that has to be the, the, be the very core of what the church is based on and modeled super well by the apostles. But um, as we've been learning all these things, what are some other things that you guys have been learning about worship as we've prioritized ministering to Jesus as a, as a family? Yeah. Dude, you know, there was, um, 
I think if we want to see heaven come to earth and God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then we need to do what it is that they're doing in heaven, which is adoring Jesus. Um, and I think that um, Eric Gilmore actually has, has a profound message on that, um, that he, he teaches on, on, on that, that very truth that I just said. And, and it's, uh, he, he does an, an incredible job explaining it. But it was interesting. We had a, um, we were at a Wednesday morning prayer set with our team. And we, we were just, we were, we were in a time of prayer. We were in a time of worship. And it was really interesting. Um, there's, I, I, and I think that this, and I don't want to speak for all three of us, but I think that in, in the character and personality of all three of us, um, and, and also Jacqueline isn't on the podcast right now, and also even Jacqueline, so I should really say all, all four of us, all four of us have this like overarching desire to like, we want to achieve, we want to produce something we, we want at the end of the day, we want there to say, hey, this is the finished product that my labors produced, like on, on every personality test or, 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 or thing like that. Um, my numbers come out to, to an achiever, meaning if there's not, if there's not a, a, an end result to what we've done, then it was a waste of time. And I've wrestled with the belief system the, and renewing my mind around what is the most responsible and effective use of my time. And we were in a prayer set one morning. Um, our, our, our whole team is there. We're just enjoying Jesus. We're ministering to him. We're, we're, we're flowing in the, in the prayer model that we feel like the Lord has revealed to us. That's a, a, a separate answer for a separate question, but we're flowing in that. And I don't want to call it an open vision because it wasn't, and, and I don't want to call it something that it wasn't, but it was like, I literally just went into this vision of where I saw Jesus um, standing in the midst of us. And he was like, he was cheering his arms were up in his head and he just was like, yes, like, yes. Like, and he was set, like he was jumping up, like he was celebrating and he was, it was like clamorously foolish as um, when, when, when David says, I can become even more undignified than this. Like he was just, it was just crazy. And I was like, Lord, like, what is this? What's going on? And he's like, you guys are getting it. Like you're, you're getting it. You're doing it. <laughs> and my heart was filled with so much confidence and so much peace. Cause I just was like, like I was like, yes, like, th like this, this is it. Like, this is, this delights the Lord. And he is, he's fired up. Like he's passionate about this. And, and I remember that vision. I remember that vision. Like I will remember it for the rest of my life, but anytime we're going into a prayer set or something, I, rem I, I, I bring that, I reposture myself I like repent back to that to remind myself, this is what our worship, our, our sacrifice of praise, this is actually how it's affecting him right now. Like it's, it's moving him to a place of excitement and, and just like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a powerful thing. I think some of the, that's really good, Matt. I think some of the, the main, the two main things I've learned is uh, like Thanksgiving and the power of the blood of Jesus. Yes. And I think when people think of like, all right, I'm going to go to a worship gathering or I'm going to go to a worship night or I'm going to go to church. They, they carry, we carry all this stuff. We tend to, you know, take all of our problems in with us and our eyes, like we look at where, where's our focus. Our focus is usually on us and, and what we're dealing with. And, yeah. yeah, you know, we need a, we need a worship night, like a drug addict needs the next eye yeah. um, to get us to the next worship night, you know? 
and because our, our focus is on what we're going through our problems or like our lack the power of the blood of jesus and thanksgiving are huge in our in our worship sets or whatever you want to call them um, and i've found that to be so helpful in in my worship um, and take taking my eyes off of my problems and, and what i'm going through or or what i want to see breakthrough in and and I think that when I forget the blood, my worship suffers. Um, hmm. And what I mean by that is, like, it's it's the gospel. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if you take the law, like no one, the law was given to reveal transgressions, and people who are saved for so long or, or following Jesus for 20, 30 years, or ten years, or whatever, they tend to forget the blood, uh, meaning they forget what they came from, and like our righteousness outside of Jesus is, is like filthy rags to God. Mm-hmm. And that's why the righteousness of Christ is so important. And Matthew six thirty three says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Why his righteousness? Because he, I mean, he's pure, he's holy, he's goodness. And he, it, it, it was freely given to us on the cross. And if I forget the blood, I forget what I came from. I forget what I'm saved from. And I have nothing to be thankful for anymore. And so I think we've gone through a devotional called, um, uh, what was it called? The shoot. What's it called? Keep the blood warm. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> it's called keep the blood warm. Basically, this 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 devotional is is talking about the, the the priests of old, where where they made sacrifices to God, and you know every day they would be they would have warm blood on their hands, and so they were constantly reminded of what where they came from, their sinful their sinful past, and and if I don't remember what I was saved from. And, and if I'm not thankful for the blood, like all of a sudden my, my focus, my vision is on my problems, what I need help from, what I need saving from. But if we go, if we start out with Thanksgiving and remembering the blood of Jesus, like it shifts our whole perspective of like, man, Jesus is so, so good. He's so worthy. He's so good. And then it, it, thankfulness comes naturally. I'm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we start our, start every prayer set with Thanksgiving, whether it's a song or, or a prayer and, and we try and start our worship with thanksgiving and like why because we enter his gates with thanksgiving his courts with praise um like we enter in through the blood of jesus through thanksgiving and all of a sudden like our problems seem really really small and they go away and and we go into worship we go into prayer with usually nine times out of ten with a request and like but if we go in with thanksgiving or remembering the blood of christ like our request we wouldn't even be asking for the answer anymore because he is the answer that satisfies all things and so I think for me, like that's, that's impacted my, my one-on-one walk with the Lord so much the past two years. And I still have so much growth that I want to see happen in those areas, but like starting with Thanksgiving, starting with remembering the blood has impacted me uh, greatly. Yes. So good, y'all. Something you said, I think at a, a prayer set like a year ago, Jeff, that has stuck with me of just even talking about the fruits of the spirit of talking about how uh, we receive the fruits of the spirit, not necessarily by saying, I'm going to ask Jesus for more love, more joy, more peace, but by actually just spending time with the spirit. And then those things naturally flow out of our lives. I think it's the same thing of as we come before the Lord and we thank him and Thanksgiving has, is just such a, a key point, a, a core part of, of ministering to the Lord. As we do that, those fruits naturally, naturally form in our lives. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, we spent, we spent too much time on self-help and trying to grow the fruits ourselves. 
instead of like we just if we just taught on intimacy with jesus fruits would grow yes seriously seriously and who the lord is and that that's the biggest thing so kind of the we've mentioned it a couple times but the prayer model quote unquote that we use is tpwi and so essentially it's thanksgiving and praise are the beginning um, and so, like Jeff said, we'll always start off our prayer sets and our worship sets with either a song of Thanksgiving, which means a lot of times we do, we start off with a few of the same songs. There needs to be more Thanksgiving songs for sure, or there, or some sort of prayer, something to just say thank you for what the Lord uh, has done, is doing, and who He is. And then praise. I kind of see it as like if if you're a boxer, those are like your your left and your right fists right at the beginning of those initial uh, hits that you're going for. Uh, we're thanking the Lord. We're praising him both things that we get our attention off of ourselves and then worship in in that phrase or in that uh model is responding then to god's presence of the holy spirit shows up the holy spirit then begins to highlight something to us either that he wants to say to us or just that he wants to reveal about jesus and so worship then is our response to god's presence to the holy spirit what he's doing in the room and a lot of times then that will lead into intercession. And that looks like either ministry time. Uh, a lot of times it's more ministry time in our corporate gatherings, or it looks more like, Hey, I really feel like God is calling us to pray for, uh, you know, whatever it is, drug dealers, or let's pray for the prostitutes in this neighborhood that we're in right now. And so Thanksgiving and praise, we start off, we look at the Lord. And I think that that's so important because it allows him to be the leader as we're ministering to the Lord, we're, our goal is to come into his presence, to bless him and to allow him to be the leader. And so our offering instead of bulls and goats anymore, I mean, of course we sacrifice a, a thousand calves. Every yes, 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 yes. Mm. <laughs> oh my Matt, gosh. Matt Dude, is our main is sacrificer. This, this is, is two episodes now where we, we've come back to that, guys. We, we do not do sacrifices. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> no. Yes, we do. We are an Old Testament ministry. Yeah, I know, man. You can't hide the the altar in your backyard, yeah. Jeff, much longer. Might as well, might as well keep the streak going. Every podcast episode, we're gonna mention that. We have to reference it. No, uh, but just as just as the Old Testament, they would offer sacrifices of bulls and of lambs. Is that we offer sacrifices of of thanks and of praise, and then that overflows then to offering the offering him our lives as living sacrifices as paul yes. talks about so and another thing another thing too like there's a big difference between praise and worship and yes i'm still figuring that <laughs> still figuring that out i think but like in a lot of um worship cultures or you know services that that we go to like i think there's a lot of praise songs it's declaring who god is and and, and what he's done but like i think the key difference between praise and worship and like when 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 the Holy Spirit shifts us from praise to worship in our gatherings, uh, worship for me is adoration of Jesus. Yes, it's that it's that Mary moment where you're 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 washing His feet, and and that sounds um, um, like as a as a guy like I know in, in our culture that's guys tend to be hesitant towards adoration of Jesus, and 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 the thing that when people walk into a, a room where, where where people are adoring Jesus, like it's, it's really easy to assume like that's emotionalism. And like, I think in our, in our attempt to avoid emotionalism, we swing the other way and we're just a bunch of stale beings. But like, if, if you're face to face with the God who sacrificed his one and only son was beaten, you know, over and over and over and over flesh torn off of his body blood spilled out 
um, crown of thorns shoved into his skull. You know, when you're face to face with with that person, like how can you not have any emotion towards that's towards a, that's that? good. That's it. And and you realize what you came from because your focus is now on the blood coming out of iron flesh. Um, like he did that for you. He did that for me. And like it, in the midst of my transgression, in the midst of me being my worst, he chose to do that for me. And when I'm face to face with him and there's no emotion, there's there's some disconnect between my heart and the gospel. Yes. And like we're not going after emotionalism, but it's impossible to avoid reacting to a, to a king that would do that for you. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 important to understand that like praise is the sacrifice, worship is the encounter. And and it's and oftentimes, yeah, like I mean it is, it's what Jeff is saying. Like we, we think that praise is the upbeat fast songs and worship is the slow melodic poetic songs. And and it's actually like now praise is the sacrifice that leads us beyond the torn veil to step into the holy of holies, where we're actually called to live from anyway. Like there, there there's no reason as to why you have to leave a lifestyle. Of, of living from the holy of holies but but praise is the very sacrifice that that takes you past that torn veil into the very sacrifice of jesus of what jeff is talking about to actually enjoy and encounter the being and person of jesus himself so it's 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 actually wildly intentional so good y'all there's a lot of really good stuff about that man i mean yeah I have a tangent. Um, Clay, do you have anything else? <laughs> do you have another direction for us? I, I, dude, I, to, I got other stuff, man, but go on the tangent. Well, I wanted to ask you about like, like, what, like what's up with spontaneous stuff? <laughs> like why, like, do, do we do that? And why do we do that? Like, there's a verse mm. that says like, um, I'm blanking on it, man. Like worship God through prayer and spontaneous songs pretty much. I think it's yeah. in one of the Corinthians but like what's the important like why do that and like because the spontaneous worship like if you go on youtube and like that's what a lot of us are playing nowadays is spontaneous worship and it it's it's getting to the point of like is that cliche now like why spontaneous worship and what is that it's good man it's good i actually wrote down that question and didn't send it to you guys didn't know if we get to it but it's the lord it's the lord it's the lord yeah so two times in two different letters i, I know one of them is colossians and then the other is uh don't it may be ephesians but paul talks about um basically ministering to the lord through psalms hymns and spiritual yes. songs and so spiritual he songs. says that uh yeah two times and so psalms would be obviously the psalms that are written hymns would be that he's not talking about the all the songs written by john wesley what he's talking about is any sort of pre-written uh song that uh you know is put together that would have been written in the time so you know any song that we would gather together uh, and um that's already pre-written because those are super important because it brings unity. It puts common language into everybody's uh, mouths together and then singing together and in agreement is super important. And so these spiritual songs, um, uh, you could say songs of the spirit. It depends on the translation. That is the uh, in the moment, spontaneous response to God. And so we do, we do a lot of spontaneous. We do the both. And, uh, it's the same as planning, uh, worship sets. We plan with God in our, uh, 
preparation beforehand in the songs that we're picking, we pray about it, but also in the moment, just as with an offering, we bring then that offering, what we've planned and what we've planned with God. And we lay it down and we say, all right, Lord, like, this is what we feel like you've told us to, but if you call an audible in the middle of this, we 100% will go with the audible and we 100% are going to follow you. And so a lot of times we'll, uh, move into spontaneous moments in between songs uh, because our goal is to allow Jesus to be the leader. And a lot yes. of times spontaneous ends up, um, I think a lot of times it gets a bad rap because many times it can be um, repeating the same phrase or uh, just doing the same thing over and over again a lot of times. And I think yeah. it kind of gets or a rap just... of making making something happen. But really what it is, is, I mean, repeating, there's a couple of things there. Repeating the same thing over and over again is literally biblical meditation. Like the Bible says it all the time That's is good. meditate on the word of God, uh, meditate on this, meditate on that. And so really it's like, like if you're building a house and in the, the, um, framing of everything, you only, uh, hit a nail in once then it's not going to stand very well. And so meditation is kind of like, like that, when you're building good. a house, you're hitting the nail in over and over and over again. And then so what I'm saying is, man, all right, the Lord is good. And then I'm hitting it again and saying, the Lord is good. And then I'm hitting it again and saying, the Lord is good. And as I do that over and over again, I'm applying it to different areas of my life. I always remember one time being at the International House of Prayer uh, down and we they sang, I think the same line for like 20 minutes straight, like literally 20 minutes straight. And I specifically remember this time because for 20 minutes, I really wasn't connecting. Like my mind was wondering, I was kind of uh, engaging with the Lord. And then for some reason, right at 20 minutes, all of a sudden that phrase that they had saying over and over and over again at, after 20 minutes it finally hit home and it finally Praise was God. like oh shoot that's what that means like all of a sudden it became real in my life it wasn't just something awesome. that we were singing and so there i think there's many times that you have to just keep hitting that nail over and over and over again um on maybe it's the same phrase or we're back and forth between similar topics um of our goal is to hone in on an aspect of god and many times spontaneous goes off of that um one more thing off of that is in psalm 22 it says that God dwells in the praises of his people, or God is enthroned upon the praises of his people. And that word for praise there is the word tehillah. And it's the Hebrew, it's one of the Hebrew words for praise. And that, that word, yeah, I love that word. Um, not tequila. God is, yeah, God is enthroned upon the tequila of his people. That's a totally different. That's the original <laughs> translation though, right? That's the original translation. The tequila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But so tequila, tequila, uh, and it means the heartfelt in the moment, spontaneous praise. And so it's that place of responding to God of, Hey, this is what is naturally coming out of my heart right now. Yes. It is not pre-planned. Yeah. It is 100% like in the moment. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm, I'm thinking. And if we're talking about worshiping prayer, like imagine if we only used uh, pre-written prayers. I mean, for a long time, the church did that and that you could only connect to God through pre-written prayers. And we don't do that anymore. And I think what we're seeing in kind of the overall church right now is that the worship movement is kind of going through the exact same thing. Like, I can't imagine getting together with a group of people and saying, hey, we're going to have a prayer meeting. And then everybody just recites pre-written prayers. I think there's there's definitely an advantage of that. And it puts common language just like songs do. But if worship really is prayer, then what we're doing is uh, in spontaneous, then we are 
doing our best to give the Lord what uh, he is saying in the moment, what our hearts are saying in the moment, and give him that tequila praise that is 100% authentic and real. And I think that uh, the best worship sets, number one, are glorifying the Lord, honoring him. He's the leader. But it really is that combination of uh, pre-planned, we've put in the time, these act, the sacrifice of the planning uh, we bring to the Lord, and then he's the leader, and we're then following the Lord from that. And so the the balance of planned and spontaneous. Prophetic song. <clears throat> Prophetic song. Exactly. Yeah. We were in a prayer set, and Jeff went into a spontaneous moment, but he prefaced it by just yelling out, Prophetic song, in the middle of <laughs> we're playing. And then he sang this beautiful song that we've written out more, and we'll be releasing one day. The Lord was on it. The Lord was, was on it. It was a prophetic song. I've just never heard someone yell prophetic song before they <laughs> sing a prophetic song. We're learning. I was nervous. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good, man. It was so good. <laughs> Next time I preach, I'm just going to say prophetic sermon, and then I'm going to start preaching. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should. Yeah. Yeah, does that does that make sense spontaneous wise? Because I think that, yes. uh, like you said, like Very good, man. the so most good. popular. I feel like the most popular music right now is like uh, Maverick City, or maybe Upper Room, and so much of what they do is they incorporate spontaneous into it. And I really think that it's really attractive to our generation because we want what's authentic. Yes. And so I I do absolutely see, and I've seen it in my life, and I've seen it before, where uh, even as with anything, a spontaneous moment or a spontaneous song can become an idol. We don't pursue yeah. the spontaneous. We don't pursue the, uh, man, like, what if this turns into a song here in this moment simply for that reason? Our goal is to bless the Lord. But yes. many times if our, if our goal is to really allow him to be the leader of our prayer and worship times, then how could we not have spontaneous songs in the middle? And, and sometimes spontaneous songs look like just singing, um, you know, songs that are already pre-written that we've, that weren't planned, you know, like that can be spontaneous, but yeah. it's all about him being a leader. Yeah. That's good. Selah. Thank you for explaining that. <laughs> Selah. <laughs> Selah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, we got a we got a couple more minutes, and uh, so we've talked a lot about coming together to uh, worship the Lord. But how do you guys? What is ministering to the Lord and setting aside specific time to give Him your your attention? What does that look like for you guys one on one? Yo, I got kids, y'all. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm I'm learning. I'm learning. I, I need to be more intentional with my times with the Lord because a lot of it is spent in the car, um, you know, with the boys. And then, you know, when I'm home and, you know, when I'm home alone or I don't feel like I'm ever home alone now, <laughs> but I try and put on uh, whether it's, dude, there's these, I mean, there's soaking music is, is what Matt listens to a lot, but like there's these tracks on YouTube that would go for like two hours and something, but I'm not saying your times with the Lord have to be two hours, but um, whatever, like for whatever reason, music helps me engage with the Lord. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know why that is, but like I'll, I'll put on something. I'll, I'll go through um, like right now I've been in Romans for, for a while, mm-hmm. but I'll go through just scripture. And, and I always ask the Holy Spirit to, to teach me, reveal to me who Jesus is, uh, reveal to me who I am in Jesus. And I'll just, I'll read scripture with, like through the lens of relationship with God 
and it's more like a, a conversation with the Lord while I'm reading scripture. Um, or I'll just I'll, like, it looks different a lot of times too. Like I'll, I'll put on worship music in my house or in, in my car and I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll go into that face to face mode with, with Jesus to where like I'm, I'm, I'm praising him, worshiping him, uh, adoring him. Um, that's what my, my worship to the Lord looks like. Um, we did have a, we just moved the piano out of our house, but when we have the piano in our house, you know, and, and I have, I have time, I'll just, I'll play random chords and, and sing to the Lord uh, just myself. And so it looks different. Like I, I always want to make sure that the word of God is a, is a foundation in my life. And, yes. and, and, and there's a need to carve out intentional time to be in the word of God. Uh, Cause outside of, outside of the word of God, you can't know his character. You yes. can't know him. So like the word of God is very important, uh, but I always need to make sure I'm reading that through relationship with him. Um, mm -hmm. And with, <laughs> with the mind of Christ, we need to think saved when we're reading the word of God. That's good. Um, but I try and fill my times with him, with the word and with worship. Like I want to be intentional to worship the Lord, just me, just me and him, instead of just having to go to a gathering to do it. Yeah. You, you know, um, dude, that's, that's good, man. Yes. Um, I'm, I, I think that, so I'm, I'm, I, I want to make sure that I'm saying the right thing with this. Um, I think that the purpose of prayer and the purpose of the veil being torn was literally only so that we, we could enjoy him. Um, only, and, and there was one time I was in prayer with the Lord. I was praying through, I don't even remember what I was praying through. So that probably just goes to show that it probably wasn't that important to the Lord's heart in the first place. Um, um, or, or, or it really wasn't what he wanted to talk about. Um, and I remember I was pacing back and forth. I'm praying and I sensed the gentleness of, of Jesus come into the room. And he just was like, um, the whole entire purpose of you and I interacting together is for the enjoyment of one another. And it, it quieted me in, in that very moment of where I didn't care about the answer to what I was praying for. Um, yeah. I didn't have questions anymore. I didn't even care if I left with clarity in the moment of what I needed, because all of a sudden the, the very voice that made me and the very voice that defines me and the very voice that breathed me into existence, all of a sudden invaded the conversation and, and brought a rhythm of rest and grace and peace, which my soul was really crying out for. So I think a lot of times, and I, and I would like to say, I nail this every time, Sadly, the, uh, the curiosities and the hurried pace of life often can carry me away from it. But, but um, my time with the Lord, <clears throat> and, I, and I hope that this would go um, for anyone listening to this, um, it's not, it's not in, in quantity of time, it's in quality of time. Um, Jesus would rather have five minutes of you bowing low to kiss his feet and adore him rather than hours of petition, prayer, and intercession. Um, that, that is, that's completely not hand in hand with him. Not saying that those things aren't good things. If, if that's, that's not what I'm saying at all, obviously it's not that we've already been talking about it on this podcast, but, but it's literally the fact of 
Jesus um, has a desire, a constant desire in his heart. There's a constant cry in the Father's heart that I believe that's echoing out over the earth. And, and, and I believe that it's come away with me, come away with me, come away with me. I, I, I literally, I, I've reestablished the garden. The garden has been redeemed. Um, the garden has been redeemed. Like, like come back and walk in the cool of the day with me. Well, well, well I'm a business CEO. Um, I'm, I, I, I have, I've got this going on. I've got that going on. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm a full-time teacher. I'm a full-time stay at home mom, stay at home dad. I'm a pastor of a church, like, like all the different things. Yes. But it's, even right now, wherever you're at listening to this podcast, if you like, just stop for a minute and you can literally turn your simple attention and affection towards the Lord, like a, like a daisy towards the sun. Like, like if you look at farms that have like daisy fields, the, the daisies actually follow the sun throughout the day. They turn, excuse me, they turn their attention to where the sun is at. And even right now, as you're listening, you, you, you can turn your attention to the Lord to actually begin receiving from him and finding out that he's, he's a fountain that's constantly flowing. So, um, I, I, I really believe that when we come in to be with the Lord, um, it's, it's, it's to enjoy him. Um, it's to, it's to sit with him long enough until his voice, um, is, is, is the only, is the only thing that we're satisfied by. And, and even if he doesn't speak, oftentimes there was, there was a couple, um, months ago, I'm sorry, not a couple months ago, last year, I felt like I heard the Lord say, Matthew, I'm going to teach you about the love language of quality time. And I'd be sitting on my bed or sitting on our couch or now my, my wife and I have, have a place in our home that is specifically set up to just encounter the Lord. Um, I'll look over and I'll see him sitting there and he's, and he'll either, and he's, and it's like, it's not so much in what is being said or what's in being spoken. It's the fact that I know that like, holy moly, like the, the, the king is in the room, like the, the king is in the room. And, and so sometimes it's not even always in what is spoken or the word that you got, but it's, it's about the presence of the person that just came into the room and how I sit there and I lean my head against his chest and, 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 and I live from that place. But the primary purpose of fellowship and prayer with Jesus is the enjoyment of his person. So yeah. good, man. And I just talked about, <laughs> I just talked about emotions too, being involved, but like, like the, the Bible is pretty clear. The righteous live by faith, not, not feelings. And, and there is a, there is a, there is a time and a season for like, like what happens when you're spending, you know, intentional time reading the word or spending intentional time in prayer and worship and you don't encounter him. It's like, like most people ask the question, like, is there something wrong with me? Mm, like, why good. am I not feeling anything? And like, it's, it's, I, I just think it's important to, to touch on that as well. Like there, there are two aspects, like, if you go through your whole life and don't encounter the Lord, like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I might be concerned if, if I never encountered the Lord, but like, there is an aspect of, of the, of the Christian walk where like you live by faith and faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And like, yeah, like, okay, I didn't feel joyful today, but like the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Like, yes. what does that look like when you don't feel it necessarily, but you still like you latch onto the promises of God and like, the words of God become your reality, despite feeling them. Like, 
that's why feelings aren't shouldn't be the leading factor in like our prayer time or our gatherings of like like the righteous live by faith and faith in the word of god and and um and then there's also this this other verse that says where, where jesus is speaking and he says um eternal life is this that you may know god and and the word know there it, in the Greek is gnosko, and that means to experientially know someone. Hmm. And so, like, how do you balance this whole, like, <laughs> this faith walk to where, like, the righteous live by faith? Okay, I'm not feeling something, but at the same time, like, to know God experientially is eternal life. And, like, it's just this huge, like, mystery we live in. And if you're not okay with mystery, like, you have to be okay with putting things in a mystery box because if you understand God, you're, you're just worshiping your intellect at that point. Mm. And so like, you're, you're filled with awe and reverence at this, at this God who we will never know everything about because we're, we're human. But at the same time, like we do have things to grab hold of and live onto by faith. Mm-hmm. And it's this interesting struggle almost between like faith and, and experiencing, experiencing the presence of God. Yeah. truth needs to teach our feelings to work for us and not against us. Um, That's, that's a very big thing. It it is written that the, that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy spirit, peace and joy are felt emotions. Yeah. Righteousness is not righteousness is a positioning as Jeff is saying, it, it is a positioning by faith that now praise God before, before the father, I'm right with him as if I've never sinned, as if I've never ate from the tree. You don't, you can't feel that. That is by faith alone. And oftentimes before we get to, okay, the kingdom of God is righteousness. Okay. got that like peace and joy. Oftentimes before I get to peace and joy, I, you, we might need to learn to rest in righteousness, being fully convinced by faith. And oftentimes what we have to exercise by faith, righteousness, that will then lead us into the feeling and counter expression of peace and joy. But it's first the standing of righteousness received by grace through faith, if, if that makes yeah. sense. I would so actually good. go so far as to say, like, like when, when you have a revelation of his righteousness in you, not my righteousness, but when you have a re- the revelation of his righteousness in you, there's no way you can't be filled with peace and joy. That's really because like you're like holy crap I'm I'm so right before God because because the blood of Jesus not anything I've done but because of everything He has done which is crazy mm-hmm. everything He has done makes me so right with God therefore I'm now filled with peace and joy that I'm right, right with God yes yeah I think righteousness I think, is a huge deal go ahead but yeah I think well I think thankfulness positions our hearts then to recognize that's it His righteousness and His righteousness oh, inside of us that, like yeah. thankfulness is the way that we apply those things to our lives um and then that produces peace and joy it's so good guys i think in our one-on-one times with the lord i I just know like man i've been following the lord for most of my life and it can be very easy to treat our whatever we want to call them devotional times as like intellectual approaches to god oh yeah which i do think worshiping god with our minds is a really good thing but man like what if exactly as you were saying matt of our our times our one-on-one times with the lord that's set aside just for um, you know, you and the Lord, whether that's five minutes because you have 15 kids like Jeff or, you know, or you're able to have two hours, you know, whatever, whatever it is, what if the goal was connection? Like it needs to be connection. And I think that the main way that we enter into 
connection with the Lord is thanksgiving and praise. It is ministering yes. to the Lord. And it's not an obligation thing. It's like a coming in to minister to the Lord helps us to see him rightly. Thankfulness and praise, it helps us to see him rightly so that we can connect with him and not connect with a, a God that we've heard about, but connect with who he really is. Not a God mm -hmm. that's based off of our emotions, as you're saying, Jeff, but a God of who he is and reminding what he's done for us. And so uh, ministering to the Lord is, is a lifestyle that each one of us live out in our personal times with the Lord and that we, as Paul says, to live our lives as living sacrifices. And it's also something that we build our lives around corporately. And we're starting to do that more and more. We have our Wednesday morning prayer set. We have our Friday night, every other Friday night, I guess every second and fourth Friday gatherings where the main priority is to minister to Jesus, not yes. to minister to people. We don't apologize for that, but we see that <laughs> Jesus, Jesus ministers to people as we minister to him. And yes. that's what that's we great. have seen over over and over and over again and we're going to be adding more prayer sets we're going to be adding more gatherings in the future but the the goal will always be to minister to the lord and as 100%. we do that he ministers to us and transformation happens so guys thank you so so much for your thoughts on worship man i learned a lot i feel encouraged i want to go uh, just you've taught me a time right? presence yeah so, for real all right Hey, love you guys, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks with our next episode of the 420 Podcast. Thanks for tuning in uh, on that conversation. Um, if you enjoy our ministry and you're impacted by it, we'd love for you to uh, share how it's impacting you. You can reach out to 420forthenations at gmail.com. Um, also, check out our website, 420ministries.net, and uh, the ebook for this episode will be available for purchase um, hopefully next week. And so, uh, love you guys. We'll talk to you soon.